When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the latest Tripes Up podcast. I'm Jonathan Taylor. I am joined by Anthony Vickers and Chris Garbutt, a, a fellow colleague at the Gazette who works in the advertising department, season ticket holder. Chris, hello. Yes, hello. For, is it a pleasure to be uh, on the tripe yes, as a guest uh, today? That's, uh, I think it's my second, second appearance now. Mm. Uh, well, you did make the mistake of walking past. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, Dom and Phil are away today and we thought, well, we... We'll bring a bring a, a, a another fans kind of perspective. Yeah. Um, you were there, obviously, on Saturday um, against Cardiff. What was the general mood forty eight hours later? Um, one of amusement, really. Um, I think fans are a little bit surprised at um, how poorly things have turned. Um, there was a lot of expectation at the beginning of the season that maybe wrongly that it was going to be a little bit more straightforward than, than it's proven to be um, but I think we can all agree that we didn't we didn't think it was going to be this difficult um, I don't see us uh, I don't see us challenging at, at the minute at, for, for one of the top two positions um, unless things change uh, now, how that change comes about I, I don't know that's that's you know that, that's for the powers that be to, to sort out but um, something does need to to change if we, if we are going to mount any sort of... It's, there's a very flat feeling already, isn't mm. there? And, I mean, Phil did an interesting piece today about uh, a growing disconnect mm. between Gary Monk and the supporters. Uh, I, f- I feel that he's never really engaged with the fans here at all. And I think partly that is due to the situation with the Gazette. Uh, obviously, if he's not speaking to the local press, then he's not disseminating his message. And people... The criticisms are... They don't know what Gary Monk's team is about. They don't understand the formation or the rationale for some of his changes. Well, well normally, we, we would be the people that would ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And because we're not there in uh, press conferences, especially at away games where very often nobody will ask the question, no one will say, mm-hmm. you know, why didn't you change at left-back? Or, you know, why did you do this? Or... Uh, what was the tactical role of Adama Traore? None of these questions are being asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's kind of operating in a vacuum. And when that's the situation, everything is driven by results. Mm-hmm. And the results have fallen well short of the expectations that came with spending a lot of money. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, the, the summer of spending and, and the expectation, we, did, we didn't expect it to, to turn out like this. I think that's what everyone kind of has said. And, and it's difficult because there are a lot of questions, aren't there, Chris? I mean, you, you look at, well, I'll, I'll reel a few off. What's his best formation? What's his best system? What's his, you know, what's his best 11? Does he know his best 11? Mm-hmm. These are all questions that obviously he's not being asked, mm-hmm. but equally... You know, fans aren't sure that what what if Gary Monk, if you could sum up his thirteen league matches so far, how would you describe them? Because there doesn't seem to be an identity there at the minute, does there? Well, I think essentially, I mean, you know, if we would, I think Vic touched on it. If we were winning every week, um, results speak for themselves. It's when things aren't going right on the pitch that um, the nitty gritty stuff starts to come out, and fans start asking questions about, you know, what is happening if we win every week. 
you know, people, people will just be happy with with what's happening on the pitch. Um, and like I said, because he's not he's not maybe being pushed into answering questions that the fans do want asking um, answering. Um, we have to make our own assumptions up. What are some of the questions then that the fans want answering? Um, do you think? Well, I mean that, that that international break for me, watching that, um, it, when they came back, I just thought, what have they been working on for two weeks? Because it's the same exact same problems, the, the disjointed formation. The for me, players don't know the roles, the responsibilities. Um, so I would expect that two week break to 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 that I've been ironed out and. Barnsley and, and then obviously Saturday just gone. It was it was exactly the same. So I, I, I'd like to know what they're doing on the training pitch every day because mm-hmm. they don't they, they, they don't seem to be any. I don't feel as though the players know what what they're supposed to be doing, where they're supposed to be playing, and what he wants them to do. It was interesting, bit wasn't it? Because if you remember Borough's best performance of the season, that came off the back of an international break at, mm-hmm. at Bolton, and I think many people expected Borough hit the ground running you know, this time around. But um, I mean. He did. Gary Moore will claim. I mean, consistency is something. It's something that kind of he, you know, goes against him, and people say that he's he's not sticking. He would argue he only made one change for that Cardiff game, and and he did go with consistency. Yeah, so I did a piece last week. Obviously, people are saying he chops and changes too many times, and changing formations and tactics. And, and we went through them, and generally, he makes one or two changes, and often they're injury. Enforced, so I don't think that's so much the question. Uh, it's more about the changes of shapes, both between games and within games, and sometimes it's very hard to see what the logic of it is, and sometimes it's very hard to see what the formation is, mm-hmm. because I'm still at a loss as to what shape that we played at Barnsley. Yeah, and it was the same game Saturday. I mean, it was loosely, a, I think, it was loosely a four-four-two, but. I mean, there was times when Braithwaite was playing wide left and then we'd go through periods where there was no width at all. I don't know whether he's sort of been given free rolls, Braithwaite and Downing, but I don't know where they were playing on Saturday. I do think it's interesting how quickly the atmosphere seems to have turned and already booing is becoming a normal part of the matchday mix. And, you know, you're 13 games in. Uh, I can't remember that. Before the a borough manager, I remember early discontent with, say, Steve McLaren because obviously he lost his first four, and two of them they got complete batterings. Mm. And I remember very early on a lot of people declaring, "This bloke's a loser and he's clueless, and, and you know, and they will never support him so long as he's the manager." But that wasn't the majority. Mm. Uh, for for this to take root so quickly, I think I think it's a little bit worrying because once it does take root. It's very, very difficult yeah. to turn it around. Because people yeah. will say, you know, if, if they win at Reading, people will say, well, of course we've won at Reading, we've got £50 million yeah. of players. So yeah. that's the expectation. And then it just waits until the next run of two draws. And then it's, well, yeah. no, nothing's changed. He still doesn't know what he's doing. So for me, it's going to take something quite unequivocal, quite eye-catching, mm. quite spectacular at home of a display mm. that, that puts all the doubters to, to rest. Exam- examples of managers coming back from the situation that he finds himself in now are sparse. There's not many that I can think of where I would say that it, it, there, there is a majority of fans now are, are disgruntled with it. Um, and it is very difficult. And I, I can't off the top of my head think of any major examples where 
where managers have, have swung it back around and gone on, gone on to win back and, and been successful. Do you think Gary Monk will be a little bit surprised at how the atmosphere? Because I mean, I remember after the Barnsley game, I sat in the, the press room with him, and he kind of was saying, "Well, look, we, you know, we've, we've lost one game in ten, and we're three points off the playoffs." And he was right in that sense. And, and Paul Heckingbottom said exactly the same as well. Now, obviously, it was a it was pretty much a nil nil game all day long. I thought the Cardiff game, Borough didn't play well, but probably shouldn't but have that, lost. That, but that comes back to this notion of a disconnect because if I mean normally at this stage of the game, we would have done several sit downs with the manager. We'd have done a background. We'd have done a profile. Gary Monk, the man, uh, would have spoken to his backroom staff, and it would be quite clear there'd be some substance there. Mm-hmm. And people, I mean, uh, the bottom line is no matter how many people click on news on, on different sources. The vast majority of people on Teesside, the vast majority of people within the catchment area of the club where the season ticket holders live, get their views of, the, of Borough from the Gazette. And that's not just people who go to the game, it's the layers outside who used to go to the game, mm. mums and dads and the people in the pub and the club. Mm. That's where the opinions are shaped. And right now... The club are not having any input into that. So Gary Monk is not getting to shape the narrative around what's happening. So you're in a vacuum. And that's the first thing. Uh, the, the second thing is, the, when football people say things, you know, we've done well out there today, we should have won, blah, blah, blah. That's massively at odds with the perception of how fans see it. And so there's already a difference of perspective. Usually that is mediated because the manager would go out and say something to the press. So people go, next day as anger subsides, people go, oh yeah, I see now. I see what he was trying to do. It didn't come off. I'm still angry, but I understand it. Mm. And what we have now is that there's a series of events that people don't really understand what happened Mm. or why or what steps are being taken to rectify it. It's Mm. interesting because watching this season, I think it has been... Um, very much no man's land for me I think where Borough have been because I don't think there's any kind of occasion um, where they've been truly terrible perhaps the first half against Brentford aside but they haven't equally been good either is that the strangest thing with with um, kind of the, the squad as talented as it is they, they've never really been brilliant and they've never mm. been terrible it's all been very kind of flat and, and mundane yeah yeah it's it's quite vanilla isn't it mm. <laughs> if, if, if I could describe it like that with sprinkles <laughs> 10 minutes here 15 minutes with sprinkles there. of a dharma on top yeah it's I mean you know we look um, like a collective group of 11 talented footballers who are not working together as a unit I mean Cardiff there no one would have would have suggested that they'd be challenging for promotion but the the punching above the weight and, and, and looking like basically a better team than what they should be because of they're a unit, they're a team that understand the roles, they work hard for each other, they work hard together as, as a team for the manager. Um, and, you know, it, it's shown that unspectacular teams can, can do well in this, in this division through, through having that unity. And, and Borough have the talent in abundance, but the, if, if you don't have that unity, which we currently don't, don't seem to be able to display, um, you're not going to get very far. Well, Vic, you, you mentioned about identity is the word after the Cardiff game, and you kind of compared that. Cardiff, uh, you know, as limited as Cardiff are or as, as kind of not pretty on the eye they are, they, they are completely comfortable in their own skin and they know who they are, whereas Borough perhaps aren't and they don't know who they are, the identity. Mm. How does Monk change that quickly? Uh, well, it's amazing what a couple of results will do. Um, the thing is, if you make 10 changes and completely tra- transform your, your, your team and you win, you're a tactical genius. 
I mean, that's the bottom line. If you do it and you lose, then you're a complete numpty and you shouldn't be anywhere near this team. Uh, you have to win games. That's the bottom line. Uh, putting together a run of four draws, you know, you can argue, well, we're unbeaten in four, we're starting to get there. But on the other hand, you know, that, that's... That, that's eight points that you've dropped. It's better to win two and lose yeah. two, isn't it? Of course, and it's harder to sell it to people if you're not dominating games and winning games and looking like you're going to win games. And there have been flashes where I think Borough have played excellent, especially uh, the early stage when they were playing three up front, some of the movement up front, mm. some of the interplay, uh, very intelligent, very fluid, creating a lot of chances, finding space. And, and you think, well... Not far from being a, a decent team, mm. but when you when you're turning the screw like that, the bottom line is you've got to score goals and you've got to make it count. And having adopted an ethos of pushing forward more and attacking more and putting the emphasis on attack, it has created areas at the back where they're more vulnerable. You- and after a good start at the back, I think there was five clean sheets in the first seven mm. suddenly it looks like they're not capable of keeping a clean sheet even mm. if it comes down to individual errors so you're being punished at the back yet the new ethos hasn't really taken hold apart from 10 minutes here and 15 mm. minutes there and that's that, that's not a good thing it's hard to put your finger on it Chris at the back isn't it because some of the, the goals they are conceding are very uncharacteristic but Regardless of the personnel at the back, whether you're talking Dale Fry, whether it be Ryan Shotton, or whether it be Daniel Ayala, those goals seem to happen. So surely the the problem must lie in some other department or mm. some other you know a, a collection of other factors. I don't I don't think that the, the, some of the goals that we've been conceding, um, I personally don't think are down to a structural problem at the back. I think it's just very very sloppy individual mistakes and and, and poor decision making from from certain players. Um, now you know. Whether whether a back four needs to be sort of settled and and given time to play to get used to each other so they feel comfortable, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's I mean, if, if we we spoke about it earlier this morning. Um, we've gone from the first couple of games, but like Vic mentioned there, to a team that created a lot of chances but also looked looked very solid. And I, I thought the balance was there. Um, I thought it was almost just about to, to fall into place really. But we seem to be going backwards. Um, be it a, I don't know if it's a confidence thing at the minute. Um, but yeah, that that early season optimism, which I still had even after Nottingham Forest. I mean, I don't think Borough deserved to lose that game. Created numerous chances, um, and all, all of a sudden now we're just yeah, we, we we don't seem to be able to to, to put a, put any sort of performance together at all. In in some ways, Vic, do you think that three successive away games away from the Riverside, and certainly in, in the game against Bournemouth where Borough are underdogs, will will that you know, perhaps help them at this time? It might do. Uh, I think it comes down to results and sometimes it, you do just need a lucky bubble and you need to get a goal early and change the narrative of the game. Uh, I think Borough have had good spells where the team look lively and bright and everyone is clicking. But if you don't score, heads go down mm. and that's when one mistake at the back can cost you. If you score early on and get a grip on the game and then you're attacking and you get a second goal mm. well it really doesn't matter if someone stumbles over the ball on the edge of the box and they get a late consolation if you're scoring goals mm. and you're setting the shape and tempo of the game then the, the problems that come with being a more attacking and expansive team mm. don't hurt you so much uh, you know we're not going to be a team that's going to win games 1-0 I don't think but until Borough can actually grab a game by the throat mm. and start tearing into teams, 
then you're always going to be vulnerable to that one long ball up, mm. one punt up and one mistake at the back it's going to be interesting on Tuesday obviously at, at Bournemouth in many ways is, do you think this is a, a good game for Gary Monk and, and do you think he, obviously in previous rounds of the cup he's made nine changes ten changes mm. can he afford to do that and, and if can, can he afford to make ten changes and lose 2-0 uh, yeah I, I, well I don't think we can afford to lose any game really I, I think I think changes will be made for tomorrow um, I think it's a good game for Borough to go and play um, there's it's evident that there's pressure um, within the camp. I, can, I think that the, the players feeling it. Gary Monk's surely feeling it. Um, so it'll be nice to go there and, and, and not be expected to, to, to win. They can go and get away from the league. Um, they've got a game against a Premier League side, uh, like I said, a team that they're, they're not expected to go and, 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 and beat. Um, so maybe that, that, that sort of will relax them a little bit, um, give them a little bit more um, enough freedom to, 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 to go and put a good performance you know, together you know because I, I, I think that when I'm watching them at the minute I feel as though um, that pressure that we all knew was there because of the money they spent I, I feel as though that is quite quite evidently heavy on their shoulders at the minute um, so let's see what tomorrow tomorrow brings I mean it's, it's, it's a I don't think it's a game that Borough can't go and win um, Bournemouth aren't exactly pulling up any trees uh, they've got a good result at the weekend but yeah it's you know, at the end of the day it's a, it's a Premier League team so um, it, it's 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 a game that we've got to go and, and attack and try, try and win. Obviously, you imagine the likes of George Friend will come in, you know, Adam Forshaw, Lewis Baker, perhaps back from the cold. Vic, you, you spoke in the office about how strong Gary Monk will go, whether he'll change his entire team or not. British on Belongo, would you be tempted to, to start him? I think I would. I, I think I'd be tempted to use it as uh, game time to bed in some relationships that could do with some some time together on the pitch mm. I mean for instance you could say well let's change the entire back four but I think Danny Ayala will benefit from another game yeah. along, alongside Ben Gibson yeah. uh, obviously he's come back and he's been rusty but we know potentially potentially that is a, a very good pairing in this division We've seen, yeah, so let's give it some time uh, you could take him out and put Dale Fry back in or, or, or whatever but mm. I think those kind of units benefit from time mm. Uh, likewise, I think you, you, you need to win the game. Uh, you need to have a shape. Uh, I'd be tempted to start with Britta Sombolonga. You know, he's the best yeah. best that you've got up there. If you take him out, who do you play as the front uh, as the front man if you do a four two three mm. one? Uh, I don't think Patrick Bamford's a natural target man. I don't think Ashley Fletcher's a natural target man. So you play as a two. That means you're changing the shape again. Uh, Again, with the midfield unit, there's an argument that you say, well, Adam Clayton should come back and Adam Forshaw. Well, yes, or you pick your two and you play them. Mm. And you, you use this time to bed them in. Uh, you might lose, and you might lose it no matter how many changes you make. You're probably better to go through it and come out with some positives at the end, even if mm. it is that I've got these two have played a game together, that it's been another 90 minutes there. Uh, the only question I would ask is... Uh, in terms of the likes of Marcus Tavernier and stuff who've played in the earlier couple of games, they've, they impressed. And I don't see any reason why you might not use one or two mm. of the fringe players. But personally, I'd like to go there with a strong team, give it a crack, see if we can get at Bournemouth, because mm. they haven't had a great start, as you say, and they'll probably make changes as mm. well. Because even if it's a fluke, if we win this game, that's the kind of thing that can spark... The season, if you know, if you get a good draw in the next round, suddenly everyone's excited again. 
Can can Gary Monk afford to look beyond the Bournemouth game? Obviously, you know we've got the, the trip to Reading, which looks like it'll take on huge significance at the weekend. But can Gary Monk now afford to look beyond the game by game? Does he just have to think right? Which which players can I guarantee will give me seven out of ten or eight yeah. out of ten? Every and does he have to just go with that, or, or can he can he look at the, the long term project and and the game at Reading and, it, and then halt? He'll say that he's, he's, he's so focused as Bournemouth, and I, w- I would imagine that. 99% of his focus will be on tomorrow's game but yeah of course I mean you know he'll have an eye on not just Reading but what's, what is going to be a, a big seven days from from uh, from Saturday um, two very very difficult away games um, followed by a huge crunch game uh, next next Sunday um, so he will have one eye on that um, but you know he will obviously tell you that his, his sole focus is on trying to get through to the next round of the League Cup. Obviously, Vic, um, a word if for anyone that is just, you know making the long trek down to the Dorset. Fantastic show of support. Um, what do Borough fans who you know go back at that away end of Dean Court, you know, no doubt were there last season in the four 0 drumming, which which you know unfortunately still in the memory. What what will they expect? What will they want to see from their side really tomorrow? A goal would be nice. Uh, last the last Borough player to score there was John Hendry. The last Borough player to score in the league was Bernie Slaven, so that's that's that pretty, start. that's in black and white. You mm. know what I mean. So the last three or four times we've been there it hasn't been great. The four nil. I mean, we know that Garb cried all the way home in the car after the four nil. <laughs> to be honest, I don't blame him. I think I had to put my earplugs in. Actually, the, the, pre- <laughs> the previous one, the three nil, in some ways was worse because that pretty much torpedoed Borough's automatic promotion hopes that mm. season, and it was it was a serious dismantling. Uh, it, it finished 3-0 but it felt like it was a lot worse than mm. that and the first 15, 10, 10 minutes of that game Borough were ripped to bits and uh, that wasn't yeah. a good display the, the one before that a drab 0-0 uh, but I mean obviously uh, uh, Muzzy Carriol got badly injured yeah. in that so that was a bit of a blow so it would be nice to actually come back from Bournemouth with a positive we do one aren't we? yeah do you know yeah, I, we know what we're going to get from Bournemouth um, you know being down there last year Every time I've ever seen him play, um, they go at you. Um, Eddie, Eddie Howe's teams play forward football. Uh, they're very attacking, so there'll, there'll, there'll be chances to, to, to you know. It, Borough will get chances tomorrow night. Um, it's just like Vic said, you've got to take them. Um, the last couple of games, Barnsley, what was it, twenty-one shots on mm-hmm. goal? You've got to be, you've, you've got to be converting more of your chances. And I think you know if we can get. Get our noses in front. I mean, I don't know whether this is bang on, but have we gone behind in eight of our thirteen league games this season? Yep. So that is right. Someone's yeah. been reading up. Yeah. Very good. Get, get, getting your nose in front is is, is massive, um, especially away at a Premier League team. You know, um, and we've shown that we can fight back. You know, the Brentford at home, QPR, but it would be nice to to, to go in front and, and feel as though we've got something to not cling on to, but you know, just. Give ourselves a little bit of a chance in a game rather than having to score two and three goals to win a game every 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 week. Well, it sounds like it'll be one of the more downbeat tripes, but if you are heading to Bournemouth, <laughs> um, obviously a safe journey down at Dorset. Fingers crossed, Borough will be in the, uh, the hat for the what will be quarter final yeah. this week. Wembley, start, here we come. Start, look, yeah, start looking at hotel rooms. <laughs> fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. 